0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening to this. I hope y'all can hear the smile on my face right now. <laughs> I hope y'all can hear it. But thank you. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode. I believe this is episode 19? Oh, is this episode 19? Wow. Um, let me just confirm that in one second. Okay, I'm back. I lied. It's episode 18. But still, we have made it to 18 episodes of the podcast, and I couldn't be more thrilled, okay? And I also want to start, too, by saying that, y'all, I have been incredibly busy. And pardon me, because I'm recording this episode while I'm cooking my dinner. So y'all might hear the refrigerator opening. You might hear a little salmon sizzle in the pan a little bit. You're going to hear some things. But things have been incredibly busy for me. Okay. And I have been trying my hardest to manage everything. Um, I think I mentioned on another episode that I am... Or at that time, I was four classes away from graduating. Y'all, y'all will not believe what I just did. And I just want to be so transparent with y'all because this just made me so mad. That's my famine. I'm sitting here recording and forgot that I had unplugged my microphone. So the audio on the next four, I want to say more than four minutes, <laughs> was very crappy. So now I have to re-record. But anywho, I was I'm four, was four classes away from completion of my program. I am two classes to completion now, and it's just been go time. It's been crunch time for me. Okay, like when I first started the program, I had a goal of you know achieving honor status, which I am still in the running for cum laude. So super excited about that. So I'm like, you look, we got to get focused, okay? we got to refocus. We got to make sure that we're not knocked out after <laughs> the four, four and a half years of this bachelor program. Like, no, we, we got to finish strong. So I've just been super focused on that. Um, I had been traveling back and forth to Baltimore, um, to take clients and to visit family. My mom had a hip replacement surgery, so I wanted to be there for her because she lived alone, you know, so I wanted to make sure that she could get around and Um, that she would be okay, so I went up and stayed with her for a few weeks, Um, you know, and then among some other things, (laughs) some other good things happening, like, you know, traveling, and, um, you know, I had a lot of events planned on my calendar, and it's just been, life has just been busy, y'all, and it's good busy, so I'm not really complaining about it, it's been good busy, And then obviously preparing for graduation next year. So I'll finish my program on Christmas, December twenty-fifth, And then I'll graduate in March in Phoenix. So just preparing for all of this. um, You know, going back to Baltimore, December, preparing for life. Things have been good. But I just didn't want to drop the ball on the podcast because, as I said, like, you know, we're 18 episodes in now. You know what I mean? And like, this is my baby. This is my baby, y'all. I can't, I can't like, no, we're not doing that. We're not giving up on you deserve to be here. So I wanted to hop back in and I have a really good episode for y'all today. I say that about every episode because they're all good. They're all good. (laughs) But this one is going to be really good. And it's going to be a really heavy reflective moment for me as well. Um, as I'm sharing some of these things with you guys. And, you know, I do apologize for not starting this episode with a poem, child, because y'all have been eating the poems up. <laughs> y'all have been eating the poems up. But I didn't have one for this week's episode, so I'm like, you know, but we still got to get it out. Still got to get it out. Um, but yes. So without further ado, this week's topic is about health. You deserve help. You deserve help. And I especially want to dedicate this episode to anyone who is kind of stuck in this hyper independent cycle of, you know, I got to do it on my own. I got to make sure this happens. You know, I got to whatever. I'm not asking anybody for help. I'm going to do it. I don't need anybody's help. Just stuck in that hyper independence. And whether that came from, you know, not ever having the resources or not really having anybody to go to for help or th- feeling like you didn't have anybody, because sometimes, you know, we have people to go to for help, we just don't utilize them out of fear of rejection, out of fear of being judged, you know, fear of, you know, having somebody throw it back in your face that's the one that you'll hear most often is like I don't want anybody, you know, to be able to say they did this because I don't want nobody throwing anything back in my face. Y'all we have we have to get out of our heads when it comes to help. And this is one of the things that I want to connect the dots for with help. I think for some of us Asking for help means that we've lost control. It means that we can't. It means that, you know, we are weak. We are inferior. We are um, not worthy. It means that, you know, we, we, we should be looked at as less than because we need help. And that couldn't be further from the truth. At the end of the day, you are one person, one single, solitary person. And if you think for any, any amount of minutes, for any amount of minutes, you hear my salmon sizzling, <laughs> that you alone are going to be able to conquer this life by yourself with no help whatsoever, you are wrong. You are wrong. I think a lot of us suffer from, you know, this ego complex where, you know, we we feel like we're going to get some grand reward at the end of life for not needing help. You know, are, are we are we waiting for the moment to for our funerals where people will say she did all of this on her own? You won't even be around to hear that. You won't even be breathing to hear them say or give you those accolades that she did all of this on her own. So I ask you, what is it that you're gunning for? What is it that, you know, you fear in asking for help? What what do you think will be, like, is there a satisfaction that comes for you? And not asking for help. Or does that just perpetuate more stress. And more anxiety. And more pressure on yourself. As one single solitary person. To overachieve. And to do everything on your own. And then I want you to think like. I want you to think about. You know for those of you who have children. What what you're teaching them. At the end of the day, now, and I'm not even saying you should be asking for help from a partner, a romantic partner, Um, you know, we're not speaking specifically about relationships here, but even when when you have children and, you know, you're afraid to ask for help, you kind of, you teach your your children the same thing. Because what, what oftentimes happens is when they start asking for help, what do you do? You shame them. You yell at them. You fuss at them because you're you're expecting these adult um this adult hyper independence from a child who who hasn't even fully formed in in their brain yet from a child who's barely washing themselves properly you're expecting them to be hyper independent and you know like you ever see people that praise the independence of children like Oh, he's so smart. He's so independent. He loves doing things on his own. And he, where do you think he gets that from? Or why is that something to, now, now I will say as, as children grow you know, that may be something to celebrate. You know, you're excited that they're exploring things and, you know, they're spontaneous and they're, you know, they're curious about life. Which, that's, that's natural for children. But we also need to teach our children that it's okay to ask for help. Especially when it comes down to things, when you know, when they get into school and they, they start to need help with their homework. And it's like, if Johnny had three apples, Taryn. If Johnny had three apples, Taryn, you know this. Why are you yelling at him? Why are you fussing that he needs help? We a lot of times lose our patience with people who do need help because of our own hyper independence. And that's not fair. It's not fair for the people that you're around. And then a lot of times, you know, when people do suffer from that hyper independence and they, they fear asking for help, you know, what ends up happening is they start to create an expectation that people should just know people should just do. People should just understand, you know, when it comes down to them expressing, like maybe things that are going on in their, their life or, you know, instead of directly asking for the help, they throw hints. We, we, I'm pretty sure you know this and we've seen this, you know, like, on social media, we've seen it in memes, we've seen it in videos, but people, people aren't mind readers. And it's really an, again, an unfair expectation to set on the people around you who also have their own lives and things that they have to remember and, you know, put on their schedule and maintain and, and you know, things that they might need help with, you know, these people are living their own lives. So it's, it's kind of an unfair expectation to put on people to just know to just know that you need help and to just do, to just, you know, just do it. That's not fair. And then what usually happens behind that is I didn't, I never asked you to do that because you, because you don't ask for help. Now, if someone were to remind you or, you know, bring up something that, They've done or, you know, it'll be, I never asked you to do that. So because you didn't ask doesn't mean you didn't need it and doesn't mean you didn't throw the hints in order to to manipulate someone into giving you the help without you having to ask for it. So you see how that works? That's manipulative as hell. And you know like i' i'm I'm glad to be the one to deliver the message for you, but that is extremely manipulative sorry, not sorry <laughs> you know, and you you gotta understand that people who if you have good people in your life and and this is another thing that you know I think will help some of y'all learn to ask for help one is like. Who are the people that are you're around? Who are the people in your circle that you know you're afraid to ask? And and what exactly is driving that fear? That that's the the bigger part of that. What exactly is driving that fear? Is it the person? Is it you that that you're conjuring up stories in your mind about how this person will respond or, or what they'll say or how they'll judge you? Are you judging yourself and then internalizing that and projecting it onto other people to, to make, you know, and have them feel like they're the ones that's judging you when it's really you? Are you ashamed? Like, is it shame that's driving your fear? I think a lot of it, too, is, you know, the fear of having to explain to people how you got in, in the position where you need the help. And if, if that's the case, then one, you, you know, a major thing is you have to reevaluate your decisions, you know, and when you ask for help, be honest, be honest, Be transparent. If, if it's something that you don't even want to talk about, you can say that, you know, I could really use your help right now. And I can't really talk about it right now, but I may have made a mistake. And, you know, I just need help remedying that mistake. There's a lot of accountability in asking for help. Because asking for help, and, and that's the thing, you know, you got to understand asking for help doesn't necessarily mean you failed, but you may just need to, to try a different route. Asking for help is not an indication of weakness or inferiority or, um, you know, you're a failure, you, you're a loser, you're, you're lost, you lost. Asking for help really is a sign of strength because when you think about it, all of that fear that's inside of you, all of that anxiety that's like, oh, I really don't want to ask for help. When you conquer that, that's, that's where the real strength is. Asking for help is not an easy thing when you've been conditioned to believe that you can't ask for help or you don't have anyone to ask for help. It's not an easy thing. So, imagine conquering that. Imagine conquering a fear that is that great that your entire life you've been running from. I really want to take a deeper dive, though, into the fear of rejection when it comes to help. And I've kind of passively touched on it a little bit just, you know, in this conversation, but I think. You know, that fear of rejection is rooted so deep and it, it has controlled a lot of our lives and we don't even know it. Like we have this great desire for, to be and stay in control so much that even when we need help, even when we need someone else to step in and offer a hand, we, we just can't do it. Because the fear is that, you know, saying that I need help means that I've lost control. It means that I am not in control of this situation anymore. And I think that's the the greater part of the fear. I, I can't ask this person for help because now they're in control. Now, if they say no, I'm um, I'm you know, or if they say yes, I'm at their mercy. If they say no. Then, then now they have an idea about me. I, look, again, I feel like we always circle back to this. I don't want them to think. The, the minute we start to say that in our minds, we have to understand that is, that is us trying to stay in control. That is us trying to control the way people see us. That is us trying to manipulate other people, other people's perception of us. Instead of just being who we are, being true and honest with ourselves, and sharing a vulnerability with other people, we would rather them see us the way we want them to see us instead of them seeing us for who we really are. And I, I wanna, you know, also add that the more you avoid vulnerability, the more you you avoid connection. I want to give credit to uh, that. I saw that post on social media and I was like, bingo, that's it. The more you avoid vulnerability, the more you avoid connection. And that includes, and but is not limited to hiding parts of ourselves, hiding, um, you know, the real us and hiding when we need help. Because needing help is a vulnerable feeling. And if we don't have anybody around us who we can share that with, or if, if we are so afraid to share that with people, then we will never connect with people. We'll, we'll never have any true, authentic connections. They'll just be these surface level, she only knows what I tell her, he only knows what I tell him, or she only knows what I show her, they only know what I tell them. I think that, you know, and maybe this is me coming to a realization too. This is the problem that I have with people who have this idea that um, people only know what I show them. People only know what I show them kind of thing. Because it comes off as if like, you think that because you're not showing your full true self to people, um, that you are winning in life in some way. (laughs) or that, um, you know, like, like, I don't think people realize how overtly manipulative that is, where it's like, you know, I understand not putting all of your business on social media, you know, there is a such thing as like moderation or, you know, obviously we, we we just don't want to live our lives for social media. But when we are intentionally like, Distorting the parts of us that make us human and that that you know allow us to be transparent and vulnerable with people um, we're essentially just hiding parts of ourselves that that honestly a lot of y'all just don't like you don't like that part of yourself and that's why you're not showing it to people. you want to shape the way people see you and I don't know if I want to say, I don't know if I want to say that that's okay. At the end of the day, you know, you don't owe it to people to be, you know, all out transparent and just be like, I want everybody to know and see who I am. And, you know, because I think we, we think of it in that, that extreme way. Um, but you owe it to yourself to be honest about who you are. You owe it to yourself to be transparent about who you are. Now, obviously I'm not saying you get on social media and be like, I need help. <laughs> like, hey guys, I'm, I'm going up for eviction. Anybody get like, obviously, you know, like I said, we, we don't have to think of it in such extreme forms where, you know, you're just showing everybody everything about you and, you know, but, you know, because there is some protection and, you know, not sharing yourself with people who are uh have malicious intent against you and ill will against you, but if you are surrounded with good energy and good people and and this is why we have to be so discerning of the people that we surround ourselves with and I touched on this in the friendship episode where you know. A lot of times we're like this person's my friend, this person's my friend, this is my best friend, best friend, best friend and it's like you've only known this person for 3 days, relax. <laughs> um but like, you know, we we want to we throw these titles, we want people to, you know, our friends and that's my cousin and that's my sis and that's my right hand and da 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 and it's like do you really know and love and like these people for who they are? Do these people know and love and like you for who you are? Or are you just bonding and uh, pseudo connecting with people based on like the, the image of you that you've presented to them when that's not even the real you, or they're not even showing you the real them. They don't even know that you're struggling at home. They don't even know that like your heart, uh, was broken. Like th- this is especially true for the, the people who are like, Oh, um, fuck men I, I'm I'm done with dating I'm 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 just not you know I'm I'm good on my own and uh, like they they try to build up this facade that like they are almighty powerful by themselves for themselves with themselves when the truth of the matter is they are discouraged instead of saying I'm discouraged about the dating scene right now they're like i uh-huh. <laughs> no sweat off my back. I'm cool. Ain't nobody going to stress me. <laughs> they make all these think pieces and, and long dissertations on TikTok and all that, but they're, they're so good. They're so good on dating. No, you're discouraged. The, the vulnerable part of you, you know, has to be able to say I'm discouraged. It takes a, a brave person to just say, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Maybe I, you know, is it me? And, you know, not to say that you should blame yourself for, for anything, you know, but like, I think we, we have done a, a fantastic job of suppressing the, the more vulnerable needs or the more vulnerable feelings and, you know, pushing out the, the, the hurt parts of us, the, the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the parts of us that we want people to see. We want people to think that we're strong and, and we don't need nobody. And we're, we're you know, and I'm, I'm not by any stretch of imagination saying that you need a man or you would, whatever floats your boat. I can tell you one thing right here, right now. I am not a person who will ever um, conform to the belief that I don't need I um, I don't need a man. Quite frankly, Um, life is beautiful when you can find someone who to live that life with. I was talking to a friend, just a little sidebar, and um, I was explaining to her, like, you know, I didn't want to buy a house until I got married. And she was like, so you're going to let you're going to let a man uh, dictate or decide, like, you buying a house or not. I said, why would I need a house if it's only me and my dog? Why why would I need to enter into an obligation like that? That's going to leave me uh, paying for everything. That's going to leave me fixing everything. And I have three bedrooms and it's just me and my dog. And I have this entire house. Like I, I rented a house. I was renting a, a four bedroom, finished basement uh, four bedroom three full bathroom house, and it was hell trying to maintain and clean and keep up that house like absolutely not. I do not wish to do that without my husband and I am not ashamed to say that no, that does not make me a pick me that does not make me a no i just don't i don't see the um the benefit for me i don't see what what the benefit would be for me to own a house right now when I can call my maintenance man and they'll be right over here fixing whatever needs to be fixed. Um, I don't ha- it's not a lot of space. You know, I have a two bed, two bath, you know, condo right now that that is enough for me. I am one person. <laughs> I am one person. And I, I, I just wouldn't I don't want to set myself up to put that much on me. When, when I can maintain what I have right here, right now, perfectly fine, and I am comfortable. So, you know, I think we just have to get out of the, this um, place where we are fearing the vulnerabilities of being who we are, outwardly expressing who we are, and needing help. Because that is what's preventing us from connecting with people. That is a huge, it's, it's a huge roadblock to, f- like, genuinely connecting with people. Stop fearing the no. It's easier said than done. I know, baby. I know. But stop fearing the no. Because the no is literally, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey. Okay, okay. (laughs) Listen, no is literally just no. No, I just want to ease your mind about the word no. No, literally, literally means not any or not at all to any extent. That's it. I remember this episode. It's so funny. Um, of everybody hates Chris. I love everybody hates Chris. The show is hilarious, but there was an episode where like, if if you don't, if you've never watched the show, like it's, it's obviously Chris Rock telling his, um, his accounts of growing up in Brooklyn, being like one of the only black families. Um, he was the only black kid at his school. So please don't interpret this or take this as me. Um, perpetuating racism in any way. I'm just recalling the episode, but, um, he had a white best friend named Greg and they were talking about, I think it was like going to a dance or something like that. And, um, Greg was like, dude, did you ask her? And he was like, no. And he's like, what do you mean? What's, what's the worst she could say? Or the worst she could say is no. And Chris was like, okay, well, all right, you pretend you're her and, and let me practice asking you to the dance. And he was like, you know, Chris is like, hey, do you want to go out to the dance with me? And Greg responds, no, you uh, dirty black bum or so, something to that effect or whatever. And then Chris is like, I thought the worst she could say was no. And he was like, yeah, I know. I just, I thought I'd improvise a little bit. Like, it's, it's funny. <laughs> but the, I think the message there was like, no literally means no. But sometimes when we hear a no, we hear no, you, you dirty black bum or, or whatever, obviously not those words. But when we hear no, it's like, it, it translates in our minds and our hearts, our anxiety, like our anxiety will transform that simple word. No, sorry. Uh, I can't, unfortunately I won't be able to, our mind translates that to Fuck no, <laughs> excuse my language. Fuck no, we, we like our anxiety will take that, that one phrase or short no and turn it into something that will crush us. That will crush us. You know why? Because that was the fear all along. So we turn it into something completely different. We turn it into exactly what we were expecting. We have to take people's words at face value. And we have to work on not internalizing these things to mean something negative about us. When somebody says, I can't, no, I can't do that. It literally means they can't do that. They don't have $10. They can't give you a ride. They can't make it to your football game. That's all it means. It doesn't mean you suck at football. I'm not giving her a ride because she never has any gas money and she never, whatever. I'm not giving her $10 because the last time I gave her $10, she did it. And I just give her $10 just so she can buy some blah, blah, blah. No. It means exactly what they are saying. And even if, even if this person is letting you down easy for whatever, um, you know, like ulterior reasons they may have for giving you that, no, that's none of your business. And, and, and the worst thing you can do is sit and rack your brain about what this no could mean. It simply means No. You can't try to, you know, create a story about what it could possibly mean in your mind. I want to put this in perspective for you so that it makes total sense. And you can take away from this, you know, or walk away from this conversation feeling much better about a no. When we watch Law & Order SVU or Forensic Files or First 48 or whatever. And we see all of these, you know, all of these crime shows and, and they show the instance where the, the girl goes to the party and, um, she gets a little too drunk, but she's coherent enough to say no to these guys who are trying to, you know, SA her or are grape her. We're going to say great. You know, when she says no, and, and we learned this in elementary school. No means no. You, you're, not, you're not, as, as the guy, you're, you, there's no reason why you should be sitting here trying to find some gray area in the no. Even if she says it like, no. Or if she says, fuck no. <laughs> Excuse my language again. On either end of that spectrum, the no still means no. It doesn't change. So we have to get out of our own heads with what this no could possibly mean. And hopefully that helps you to take away some of the, some of the fear. Or if it just simply think about a time when you had to say no for whatever reason. Somebody says, hey, do you, are you coming to my birthday party? And you have to work. You couldn't get off. You have to say no. I mean, you don't have to say no, but I mean, you, you get where I'm going. You have to say no. And it's not because her last birthday party was a da or I don't like the way she dressed or it doesn't have anything to do with any. You just had to say no. And even if you didn't have to say no for any um, external reason, like, Oh, I had to work or, Oh, my car broke down. I got a flat, whatever. Even if you just don't want to go, the no is still a no. So when, when other people say no to you, don't take it as a rejection of you. They just can't accomplish the task. Um, Like I said, in, in the original definition, to any extent, they can't, no, not at all. To any extent, they can't accomplish whatever you're asking of them, period. When you come to people for help, you have to practice not trying to be in control of what they might say or trying to premeditate what they might say. I knew you would say, no, see, this is why I don't come. No, stop. This is one, this could potentially be one instance where they couldn't, even if it was five instances in a row where they couldn't, they just can't, you can't control how people or or what people can and can't do for you or how they can and can't help at the end of the day, you know, the only part of the, the situation that you can control is you. You control your reactions to that rejection. Um, you control how you ask for the help. You control what you're asking for. You you can control, you know, the need or what you need. Explaining to them what you need. Those are the things that are within your control. I want to also talk about the fear of being judged. A lot of people are afraid to ask for help because they fear being judged. Okay. I want to say this to the people who are judging people who need help. One thing about God is that he will humble you quickly. Whoever, whatever deity you believe whether it's God, the universe, whoever. You will be humbled really quickly in any instance where you feel like you have the right to judge someone for whatever it is that they need help with. I want to circle back to this simple example of your child coming to you saying that they need help with homework. Why are you upset that your child needs help with their homework? Now, I understand we're not talking about the children who play those little games. They just don't feel like doing it on their own because they want to get outside to their friends and all of it. We know the games. Look, we didn't all been there. But when your children genuinely need help, you can't you can't get upset with that. You can't judge them in that way because now you're teaching them to feel shame. For needing help. And as I said earlier. Perpetuating a cycle of not wanting to ask for help. Because I have to figure this out on my own. Or else my mother's going to be mad. Or else my mother's going to yell. Or else my father's going to beat me. My father's going to look at me. He's going to be disappointed in me. If I need help with this. We should never make anyone in this life. Feel like. Shamed for needing help for any reason. I think one one of the things that, you know, we all could benefit from is learning empathy. This is where empathy comes into play. A lot of people lack empathy and I don't think they even realize it. They lack empathy for things they don't understand or circumstances that they've never been in, uh, situations that they've never experienced. They lack empathy empathy. I had a friend, um, and I I don't say this to, to paint him out to be a bad person. Um, but I say this as an example where he grew up in an entirely different, like, you know, different place, different circumstances, two parent household, you know, a lot of the, um, traumatic or, or tragic situations that occurred in his family and life weren't because of like, uh, parents inflicting more trauma onto their children. These were parents that created a, a beautiful life for their children. Um, but their, their circumstance, their unfortunate circumstances came from like tragedies and, and car accidents and death and that kind of thing. So his life was entirely different where, I felt that at times he didn't understand some of the things that I was going through or like some of our other friends, you know, he didn't understand and he, he judged them very critically because he didn't understand. And, you know, I think we rob ourselves sometimes of, of again, that connection with people when we immediately rush to judgment, you know, for, for the, for the stories that you're hearing and for the, the experiences that you didn't have. I, I personally like to hear people's experiences. I like to understand like what makes people who they are free of judgment. Now I'll say, I want to say this because I feel like I have to say this. Um, When we're talking dating and intimate relationships and, and, you know, looking for long-term commitments and things of that nature, um, you know, we do have to be discerning of people's experiences, not necessarily the experience itself, but how those experiences shaped those people and where they are today. So we can't forget that part. Okay, it's it's one thing when somebody's pouring out their life story to you about this happened and this happened and this happened and they are letting that story kick their ass they have not made any changes in their lives they're not working toward any healing they're not in therapy they're not doing anything to help any part of their situation except just telling everybody the story and hoping people will just, you know, feel sorry for them. We're talking people when people share their experiences and and when you can see the growth and how their experiences have shaped them, that is a beautiful fucking thing. Even if their experience was nothing like yours. Even if it was totally different, even if you don't even fully understand, it's a beautiful thing to, to know that, you know, you can empathize with the things that someone has gone through. And even if, Let's say we are talking about the person who may not be in therapy. They're not healing, whatever. You can empathize with people without judging them, but also not wishing to move forward with them. I think sometimes we get into this place where we feel like the, the two things can't exist at the same time, or we have to treat people like crap because they're not for us. Or all breakups have to be terrible and, and bad and traumatic because that, that's the way we've seen breakups go and they, they just can't be peace. No, the two things can exist at the same time. You can have had life experiences and have gone through a ton of things and and just for the sake of this episode and need help without being judged. The fact that you even had the, the strength enough to ask for help is a beautiful thing. You, you are worthy of understanding who you are and, and not being judged for your experiences and your circumstances. And even in, in the event that, you know, you've created whatever circumstance it is that you need help getting out of. Because people will judge you for that. I'm not. I'm not helping her do that when she she should have never made this decision, or she should have never never did that. He should have never said this because if he wouldn't have said that, then they would have never came and got the the, the, the the like. Even if you have put yourself in the circumstance that you need help getting out of, you can't shame yourself for that. You have to accept. The accountability for it. Forgive yourself for getting yourself there. Make a plan for getting yourself out of there, whatever the circumstance is, and stick to it. And if you need a little help executing this plan, so be it. These are the things that, you know, you want to bring to people when you need help. Because a lot of times, you know, you don't really... A lot of times people are reluctant to help, you know, when when let's say it's a habitual need for or I'm going to put myself in these crazy situations and expect somebody to bail me out. You know, when when it's a situation like that, people are reluctant to help. But people are more, you know, apt to help when you come up, when you say I have this plan, this is my plan. You can be vulnerable enough to say, you know, hey, sis, look, remember when you told me not to do such and such? Well, I did it and it got me in some mess. You know, I I probably should have listened to you. That's another thing. But just for the sake, I probably should have listened to you. Here's my plan on how I want to get out of it. But I need your help with XYZ. You think you can do that as, as the person on the receiving or, you know, the receiving end of, of that story or that, um, ask for help. It's either going to be a yes or a no, but I would feel more comfortable with giving a yes to a person who has a plan of action. I would feel more comfortable with that. I would even feel comfortable with, um, somebody being honest enough to say, I don't have a plan, but can you help me? It's just a matter of the transparency and the vulnerability that you're willing to express, you know, when you do need help, that's, that's what, what gets, well, that, that's what would help you get the help that you need. It's like, you can't go to therapy and not be willing to open up. It's counterproductive. You are in a the therapist's office and you like, yeah, everything's good. And they're like, how did you feel about your mom passing away? I mean, it was sad, but it's cool. Well, how did, how did your, you know, how did your job take? Oh, they was cool. I'm back to work now. if, if. If that's how you go into a therapy session, what can they do for you? What, what do you want them to do for you? I think a lot of people too fear the lecture that comes from asking for help. Let's say you, you are a woman who you have, uh, four kids by three different baby daddies. And when you got pregnant with the third, your family was like, girl, he is not the one. He is not going to be your husband and ain't no way that you are about to bring a third baby into this world and and knowing that the, the situation is what it is. And you did it anyway and he left and you know, now your family's looking at you like, hmm. So now when you need somebody to babysit the kids or, you know, because you, you want to go out and, and do something for yourself, you want to do something nice, you want to go to the spa. Now you're afraid to ask because you're afraid that they're going to be like, I told you not, you should have never made the decision to not have this. this, this, And this is what I'm talking. Y'all don't want the lecture. Even, even with the people that you know would help you. You just don't want the lecture. A part of, of asking for help and being vulnerable with needing help. Is some, sometimes you you just got to take it. Sometimes the, like, you got to understand something about family and this may not be true in all families, but for people who have loving, even families and friends, I'm gonna say people who have loving, caring family and friends these are people who love you and care about you. So they're not going to steer try to steer you into a direction that they know what would ultimately be detrimental to you. And we have to keep that in mind. So even if you know, they might have a little, they might add a little razzle dazzle on the end of that hundred dollars that they got along you. Sometimes you just got to take that little razzle dazzle or sometimes you could just say, listen, I know I messed up. I know, you know, this, this is not what you wanted for me, but I have to learn on my own. And, or if you're not in the mood for the razzle dazzle, Hey, I really need to borrow a hundred dollars, but I, I just, right now I'm really not in a mental space to accept the, the razzle dazzle. You gonna give me on the end of this hundred dollars. Like I'm in a really vulnerable place right now. And if we could talk about this at a later time, that would be great. Speak up for yourself. You, you, you can do that just because you need help. Doesn't mean that now you, you have to allow people to run all over you and and talk to you any kind of way and, you know, kick you while you're down. Never. Absolutely not. If, if the time does not call for that, for you mentally, you're not in the space, let people know. And again, don't fear the no, because if, if you don't want to, if, if you are um, saying no, just because I don't want your razzle dazzle on the end, that's a you problem, not a me problem. <laughs> that's a you problem. I'll I'll find somebody else to ask for help. I want to touch on, too, you know, just the feeling of indebtedness that we think will come with getting help from somebody. Unless you in a bind, Nate. Unless you need Nate Andrews, you're trying to sell some cars for Nate Andrews and you need a little advance. You are not indebted to a person in this world for any reason. Okay. And if their help comes with a stipulation of some sort of benefit to them, reject it, reject that. And, and I mean that, you know, in the most disrespectful way. I don't mean, um, because I do think that there's some, some, um, encouragement that comes with people who want you to help yourself. Right. So like you, you reach out and you ask somebody for help and they're like, listen, if I do this for you, I need you to stay on the right track. I need you to make sure you're, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is what I need you to do in order to keep you out of these messes. I don't mean like that. I mean that if this person is um if you're asking somebody for help in your most vulnerable moments and it becomes quid pro quo a little this for that um I mean well what you going to do for me if I absolutely not absolutely not like these are the people and and sometimes sometimes it may not sound like that. Sometimes it may not sound like what you're going to do for me. Sometimes it sounds like, yeah, I'll do that for you. And, but, you but you can hear how in the mind, the mind is already mental what what they can get out of you. And the thing is, we, we know most of the time we know. Most of the time we know when people are expecting something in return. But I I do want to be fair and say that most of the good people in your life who, um, who actually want to help you, all they want in return is gratitude. And I feel like sometimes when people are in vulnerable spaces and they need help, it's like, I'm not kissing your ass because you helped me with blah, blah, blah. It's not about kissing ass, but it's more about. Showing appreciation for, you know, somebody helping you in, in a tough time. And, and that can come in the form of a thank you. I really appreciated this. This really helped me. And, and 10 times out of 10, you would never hear about that situation again. But I think what happens is, and I, I kind of want to go back a little bit to where I said the people who are like, I never asked you for that, where you kind of, somebody's just offering you help, offering you help. And you're like, I never asked for that. Those are the people who I feel struggle to show gratitude. Because it's like, because they didn't ask, they don't feel like they're obligated to to show gratitude for someone doing something nice for them. There is a such thing as manners. And I, I really would like more people to tap back into that. Those things that we learned and, and grade school just general manners thank you please please and thank you that's it be willing to show gratitude when somebody helps you appreciation that doesn't mean you have to pay pay or, or um You know, do something for them to the magnitude of what they did for you. Most people aren't even expecting that. Uh, But a simple thank you will go a long way. Be willing and and open enough, vulnerable enough to show gratitude to people who who do extend help to you. Whether you asked for it or not. But if you have found yourself in a situation where you're feeling like somebody may want something back from you. Or they want something in return for them doing this, this for you. I think that's that's another thing, you know, another area where like speaking up for yourself will, would be really beneficial. Ask people, what what do what do you what do you want in return for this? What 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 exactly are you expecting from me in return for this? Are you expecting anything in return for me? If, if you feel a little, a little, you know, sketchy about taking help from somebody, lay out the terms. Have them, them terms laid out so that, you know, okay, don't, don't you try to spin the bin and be like, well, actually, I'm going to need that 600 back with interest. No, absolutely not. We talked about this. You said that you didn't need anything in return. And that, those are the terms that I agreed to, period. If you got to get all contractually, you know, legal on them, do it. Shoot. There is nothing wrong with you needing help. And there is no shame in you making an effort to turn things around. And and needing help in that effort. There is no shame in that. Because the worst thing you can do is, is sit in it sit in it and sulk and wallow and and shame yourself and keep shaming yourself and keep shaming yourself. That's the worst thing you can do. Sometimes you just got to take those big girl steps. You got to take the steps. I also want to speak a little bit. I think we talked a little bit about like, you know, judging people who need help. So for these people who are high and mighty and, and judge, judgmental, of people who need help, you know, they see posts on social media and, um, you know, let's say somebody's posting about their life or relationship. Oh, my life is terrible. Blah, 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 whatever. Maybe the next time you, you see something like that, reach out to that person. Hey, are you okay? Do you need help with something? What's going on? That's another thing instead of like, sometimes we know that some of our friends and family have trouble asking for help. So sometimes, you know, as, as your friend listening to you ask, do you need help? And instead of just, instead of just offering, right? Because I think a lot of times, um, people who offer like to fix situation that they always want to fix, fix, fix. Every time they hear somebody telling a story about something, it's like, Oh, let me, let me offer this. Let me fix this. Let me fix that. Like, it's not your responsibility to fix people's problems, especially unsolicited. Same with unsolicited advice. When somebody's like, yeah, I'm going through blah, 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 blah. And you're like, well, here's what you should do. You should blah, blah, blah. You should do this. You should do that. Like it is not your responsibility to impose your will on other people in that way. Ask, Ask for permission. Do you mind if I share my thoughts with you about this? I mean, I have some suggestions I could offer if if you're open to them. Are you looking for advice in this moment or or do you just need someone to listen? Do you need help paying for your kids' school stuff this year? Because, you know, I, I can spare a few dollars. I don't have much. But if you need help, I can, you know, I can make some, I can move some things around. Ask people, do they need help? This again, this is how you connect with people, with the people around you. Those are gestures of, I love you. I care about you and I want to make sure that you're okay when when I can. When it's within my capabilities to help, I want to do that. And if you don't want to do that, that's fine too. But ask. Don't just offer up. Don't just you know just do. Ask. That way, it's it's an e- an equal, vulnerable exchange between the two of you. Sometimes I I I, I can honestly say, like you know, for me, it is it is hard to, to ask people, do they need help? And I think a part of it is because I, I can be very critical. Mm, I ain't gonna say that. Not critical, but I'm very sensitive to um, manipulation tactics. And like, you know, just to put it quite frankly, I don't like when people throw hints. I don't like when people um, dance around things. And this is something that I, I realized from Kevin Hart, actually. (laughs) Um, I was watching his, uh, what was it? It was the, the documentary he had. Don't, don't F this up. Um, and in one part of the documentary, his father, who actually just passed away. And so rest in peace to his father. Um, but you know, him and his father didn't have the best relationship growing up, but they were, you know, rebuilding their relationship, you know, in his adulthood. And, um, it was at one point where the father was kind of like throwing hints about things that was going on and how he needed this. He needed that. And Kevin like pulled him to the side and was like, "That you, you don't have to do that. If you need help, just, just ask, just say you need help. Now at that time, I, for whatever reason, and this could have been like a trigger for me, but hearing him say, um, if just ask me, I was cringing at the, like hearing him say that and something that I, I assume, like I said, I think I've mentioned this in another episode, but like those feelings, um, uh, moments where I feel cringiness inside um, are usually like something being triggered in me, you know, that, that is uncomfortable for me. And I realized in that moment and watching that documentary that, that I struggled to ask people for help and seeing him, say that to his father, in my mind at that time, I was saying like, that was a very asshole thing to do. Like, why is he acting like, you know, like he, he, oh, he got to ask him and did it like, you know, and I, I don't know. I had a very strong emotional reaction to that. And like I said, I had to realize like, that's because you struggle to ask for help. So when somebody comes to you and says, just ask me, it it would make, it would have made me uncomfortable. It would have made me so uncomfortable. And then it wasn't until I had that exact experience where I was in a position to help someone and they were completely dancing around it. Um, They were doing all of these like different um, manipulation tactics. And here's the thing. And maybe I should do another, let me ease your mind on, manipulation, because sometimes the manipulation doesn't have to be malicious, right? It doesn't have to be where they're trying to hurt you or whatever. But sometimes people, the only way people know to communicate is through, um, manipulating people. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that that's a good or a bad thing, but sometimes the d- direct approach is not best for them. So, you know, when I experienced that, it was a situation where a friend of mine, we were all in a group chat and she would often like put things in the group chat about hair. And then it was like, "Oh, I just don't have the money. Oh, I um I'm going to be late. I got to going to be late on my rent because I need to get my hair done." Um, you know, it was like, she would just do, do little things like that in an effort to get me to say, I could just do your hair because, you know, obviously we were really close friends. So, you know, she knew that I I wouldn't charge her like the full price for the hairstyle, you know, so she would like drop hints like that. And for the longest time, I would just ignore it because it's like, if you're not going to ask me directly, you know, it's really nothing I could really do for you. And, to be fair there were some other instances where um she had like she she wasn't looking to um follow my standards of like i would tell her book it on the the site she didn't want to book on the site um so she wanted to just make appointments like on a whim kind of thing when for me the calendar helps keep me organized so when i'm saying book on the site she wouldn't book on the site um you know, it it was just, a. a, then there was one time she actually did book an appointment and she canceled the day of, you know, so it was like things like that, that put me in a position that I had to say, I can't offer my services to you. No, you get what I'm saying? Like knowing that part, knowing the, the, the details of the, the past appointments. So I couldn't in good conscience and respect for myself, continue to offer my services for You know, this person. So I said nothing. And then it came to a point where, you know, we ended up having the conversation where I said to her, you know, I'm not going to offer my services to you. I don't do hair for free. Um, I can, you know, charge a a discount for my friends, but it, it won't be a free service. And why would I offer my services to you knowing that you've canceled day of on me before and you don't want to book on the site? You want you want things to to go your way. And it just doesn't work like that. You wouldn't do that to the Africans. If you went to the Africans, you wouldn't do that to any any other stylist out there. So you're expecting me as your friend to be flexible with you when when your flexibility with me was none you you couldn't follow my rules you couldn't keep your appointment you get what I'm saying so you know she understood when I when I put it that way but it was it was like it wasn't until I was in that situation that I understood why Kevin Hart would would pull his dad to the side and say that because you know sometimes it's 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 better to just be direct about what you need rather than thinking that people should just know or people should just offer just because it's within their capabilities to do just because you know they have it just because you know that that they have this talent or um they have this money or whatever just ask I want to touch on this one last point and then I'll wrap this up. And this is going to be heavily geared toward women. Okay. Learn to ask for help in your relationships. I always have this or had this mindset that women in relationships typically want to feel wanted, men in relationships typically want to feel needed. And that doesn't negate the, those needs in one another. So that does not mean that men don't want to feel wanted or women don't want to feel needed, but it it just basically, you know, the, the primal needs in, in each of these, each of the sexes is usually a, a want and a need men wanting to feel needed th- this is why we we have a lot of these gender wars about you know women being too independent and you know like men it's not that men don't like independence and in women they don't want to feel unnecessary in her life. I always think about, um, the best man holiday. I don't know if you guys remember when Jordan was dating a white guy and he was like, sometimes you act like you don't need me. And she was like, I don't. And it was like, Ooh, Oh, wow. (laughs) You know? And I want to say they weren't talking. And then it was like, she finally realized, like, you know, I, I do need you and I do love you. I think the desire to feel needed is important for men. It's, it's so important for men. Where women don't, I think some women miss the fact that like, even if you are an independent woman, you can be an independent woman who still needs her man. Okay. Um, I always say, I have no desire to prove to anybody that I can do it all on my own. I've I've proven that to myself time and time and time again. I do not need to continue to prove that to myself, baby. I need you. Okay. (laughs) like when I'm with my man I want to turn my brain off I want to turn my brain off when I am in the house and something needs to be done baby can you please please I know that I can do it on my own I know that I can, I've mounted TVs in my house. I've fixed things in my house. I've put together entire dressers and desks and everything. I I know that I can do that. I don't have to prove that to myself anymore or anyone else. But baby, I need your help. (laughs) Okay. Even if it's not to that extent, like I said, even if you are this hyper-independent woman and you wanna feel like, you know, almighty superwoman, find the ways that your man can help you. If you are the, uh, cause you know, I, I, I like, I notice, like, I see a lot of um, car women, like uh, white women particularly, I, I don't really see this often in the black community, but like, they're interested in like cars and things like that where like, okay, that's, that's her interest, right? It could have been because of, because her dad was really into cars and she was, you know, she loved her dad. She was really close with her dad. Um, you know, she loves cars. So cars, you know, working on the cars may not be the area where she needs her man. She might need her man, um, helping with the kids' homework. She might need her man Um, doing the the household things, changing the flooring in in the household. And, you know, she, she's the car girl. I'm the car girl. I I don't know about that home improvement stuff there. If, if you, if there is no, your man feels unnecessary in your, in your relationship. And I'm not saying by any means go out of your way to, to make this man feel so important and necessary. But in any relationship, the two of you have to find a spot where you fit. Okay. You have to find a place where, where we fit together. We can balance each other out. Okay. That's, that's just normal relationship etiquette. How, how do we work together? If you're doing everything on your own, you're taking the car to get oil changes. You're cooking in the house. You're cleaning in the house. You're taking care of the kids. You're um, making sure the kids get back and forth to school. You're fixing the car. <laughs> you're under the hood, under the car, changing the oil. You know, like you're doing everything. Where does this man fit? Where where does he fit? I had to have this moment. Of reflection, um, where in a past relationship, that was me. And a large part of that was because I didn't trust my partner to handle things. I didn't trust that he could handle things. And I can't fully say that that, um, lack of trust was entirely my fault, but I will say it was partially my conditioning, the, the fault of my conditioning, um, and also partially fault of his actions and his inability to show up in certain ways. So, you know, I felt like I had to. I felt like I had to do all of these things. I didn't, I wasn't able to build that trust and his ability to do or to take care of things. Which obviously caused, you know, it, that was a, a major reason why we we didn't work. I had this people pleasing. Um, I got to get it all done. I got to do it all. You know, in, in some ways, it it wasn't even. I Can't say it wasn't because, but it was it was largely rooted in my lack of trust for him and my people pleasing former, former people pleasing nature. Cause that was old Brittany. Um, you know, and, and just rooted in like, I have to make everyone happy. I want to touch on this for a second. I did, I did say that last point was going to be my last point, but I want to touch on this for a second because, um, I grew up in a household where my mother and I said this before, but, um, we have a much better relationship now, but that relationship was rooted in at that time, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. My mother would come home from work. She would go upstairs, take her clothes off, get in a bed, lay down, talk on the phone with her friends So while she's on the phone with her friends and laughing and kikiing, she's literally Brittany go do blah, blah, blah. Brittany, bring me some blah, blah, blah. Brittany, make me some blah, blah, blah. Brittany, Britney, Brittany, Brittany, Brittany. It's like, I'm the errand girl. I'm the errand girl. So while you're on the phone, relaxing, decompressing, kiki key and with your friends. I went to school today. I, I can't kiki and laugh on the phone with my friends because you're on the phone. I can't go outside and enjoy, you know, outside because I got to do this, 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 and this. And I got to watch um, my little brother. So growing up in a household where you, you are kind of put in a position to have to do it all. That's the conditioning. And you, you got to make everybody around you happy. If we um, rewind back to one of the first, first couple episodes, I was the good kid. So I I can't piss her off. I can't say no. I can't say I'm tired. I can't ask for a break. I can't say can I just go outside with my? I just want to enjoy life. I just want to be a kid. I don't want to be your errand girl. I don't want to, you know. I I just don't want to do this. I can't say that because I'm the good kid. And you know, my older sister, she was the quote unquote rebellious one when really all she was trying to do was assert her her herself. So she was the bad kid. You know what I mean? And and God forbid I become like her because then it'll be she's just like her sister. Oh, can't have that. I'm the good kid. So I I, I didn't have the ability to say no. I had to be this errand girl. I had to do everything on my own. I couldn't ask for help. That That is a tough reality and I, I really implore anyone who's listening to this who may be a parent, I implore you to be more cognizant of that. Be more cognizant of that. Make sure that your children have ample time to be children. And make sure that you are still taking care of your own needs and you're not um, forcing your children to take care of you and your needs every day. It's nothing wrong with a little uh, hand me that remote. <laughs> nothing wrong with a little, you know, like that, this and that here and there. But when your children's life's work revolve around taking care of you and your other children, you are robbing them. You are robbing them of the childhood experience and then teaching them that they have to do it all. Let alone conditioning them to grow up faster than what they should be. Well, that's, that's a conversation for another episode. Y'all, ask for help. ask for help, get good and comfortable asking people for help. If you don't have people around you that you can ask for help, get new people. And this is help with anything. We're not just talking, I need to borrow some money kind of help, or I need to borrow your ear. I need to, to vent kind of help. Or, um, you know, my, my life is in shambles kind of help. We're talking success help. You wanted to start this business. reach out to some people in the same industry. see if they'd be willing to, to give you some some pointers. you don't have to to compete with with you know this, with these people that you could be learning from all, all of those those ways that you you can ask for help to help you evolve, to help you grow, to help you learn more or to help you get out of a mess. What, whatever y'all ask for help. The worst people can say is no, you black bum. (laughs) No, just kidding. But the worst people can say is no. Okay. And let us recall that no simply means no, to no extent, not at all. It is, it is not within this person's capabilities to do. That's all that means. Release the fear of, of being rejected. Because remember, it's not you, an entire person who is being rejected. It is the favor in which you are asking that is being rejected that can't be completed. It's not you. Make sure you are showing gratitude to the people who are helping you and not harping on the people who are not helping you. I can't tell you all how many times I've had conversations with people who I know I've shown up for and helped and, and been there for and done things for while they sit and cry on the phone to me about everybody who's not helping them. How, how do you think that makes other people, the people who have helped you feel when you do that? I've even had it where people are saying, like, I don't have nobody. Hmm? And you're, you're saying this to me. So what, what would you like me to do with that information? You do have people. You may not have everybody, but you don't not have anybody. And and that's the difference. Under, understand that everybody can't help. But there's somebody who can. There may be a few somebodies who can, but everybody is not going to be able to help. And if your expectation is that everybody who uh, is in your life should be able to help, you have to lower your expectations drastically. Okay. Show gratitude to the people who can help. I know you've all have probably heard the saying an, uh, an attitude of gratitude. When you have an attitude of gratitude, you invite more of that into your life. When your attitude is, I don't have nobody, nobody's ever there for me. Nobody ever looks out for me. Nobody, oh my God, woe was me. That is what you invite into your life. You will continue to have nobody because you're not even seeing the people, who, the person you're on the phone with right now, who you do have. you're going to continue to have nobody. How do you think that makes that person feel? Because if, if that were me, I would not want to help you ever again. I, I understand. Let, let me just say that I understand how you could feel that way. But you and I both know that you're literally talking on the phone to somebody who has helped you and has been there for you. So what is that? What am I? Invisible? So my help didn't mean anything to you. Okay, got it. So my help didn't even, didn't even put a dent in, in this feeling that you're feeling. My help didn't count. So now you, you'll likely have one less person that's going to help you. Because you don't even appreciate this help. Because you still count it as nobody. Nobody helps you ever. We have to stop talking in extremes. Always, never. Re- like, remove those words from your... Like, when, you, when you're talking about life stuff, remove those words from your vocabulary. You always do that. You never do this. Because that, again, you are continually inviting those extremes into your life. And that's all you'll, you'll eventually see, the always and the never. You always say that. You never do this. Re- I encourage you to replace always and never with sometimes, often. Show gratitude to the people who have helped you Release the fear of, of being rejected. Release the shame that comes with making mistakes and needing help getting out of those mistakes. The The longer you sit in your shame, the longer you're going to sit in that mistake. And the, the longer you're going to prolong getting out of it. We all are human beings and none of us are above making mistakes. At the end of the day, we're all having different experiences in life. And those experiences are going to shape the way we see the world and the choices that we make. You have to understand that your choices will shape your life. Every choice you make today is going to shape your life. So, yes, be, be mindful of the choices that you're making, but understand that there is no guarantee or certainty in any of the choices we make. And, and with that in mind, that also doesn't mean be reckless with your life just because there's no guarantee. Live the best life that you want to live. But when times get hard, be okay with asking for help and reaching out for help. You are not meant to live and navigate this world by yourself. Regardless of, of how, how you grew up. Regardless of how much help you received when you were a kid. E- just erase that from your mind. E- erase that idea from your mind. Because you can't change your history. But you can change the way you think about it and the way that you see it now. You can change the trajectory of of where your life is going to go. And you'll need help getting there. You were not meant to travel and, and live this life alone. There is no grand reward for doing everything in your life by yourself. There's no reward for that. So that's my episode for today. And as I always say in every episode, you have to learn yourself to love yourself. Y'all unlearn some of these things, (laughs) unlearn some of these bad habits, especially not asking for help. You have to learn yourself to love yourself. Love yourself enough to be vulnerable and learn to connect with people in that vulnerable way. You deserve that. We talked about you deserving true vulnerability. We talked about you deserving true connection. We talked about all of this. We talked about you breaking generational curses. Okay? These are all things that you deserve and all of that can lead us right back to you deserve help. You deserve the help that you need. So as I always say, find yourself, be yourself, learn yourself and love yourself because you deserve to be here.